Welcome to the Upward Community Podcast, Mental Health Matters, where we discuss mental health matters because mental health matters. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Matters. We at Upward Community are so excited to join us today, and we thank you for being here. Thank you, Jacob. My name is Ichil Bressler, and we are so excited today to welcome to the show Alyssa Goldwater. Alyssa, thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. For those of you who don't know, Alyssa is a digital influencer at A Glass of Goldwater, who's a CEO, wife, and mom. A Glass of Goldwater emerges motherhood with humor and has become a community and support network of nearly 60,000 women across the world. By having hard conversations about difficult topics such as mental health, body confidence, and the unspoken struggles of motherhood, Alyssa not only keeps people laughing with her sarcastic take on life, but also helps women feel part of something bigger, that they aren't alone in the crazy world. What an amazing, amazing journey that you are out for. And uh, I guess our first question just off the bat is what drew you to this work that you're doing? So... I didn't, you know, set out to become this influencer. Um, Really, it was more of a creative outlet for me when my daughter, who's now five and a half, was born. Um, And then just a year later, I had my son and I was sort of thrown into this, you know, this crazy life of motherhood. And um, I did experience postpartum depression and... um, I just needed an outlet to talk about how crazy our life was. And it turned out that there were other moms who were sitting at home in silence and suffering, but they were going through a lot of the similar, a lot of similar things that I was. Um, So once we started talking, I was like, I think I need to keep doing this. You know, there's a need for it in the Jewish community. And, um, And that's sort of how it went. It just sort of spiraled up from there and more people started following me. And thank God I can really now have, I can make my Parnassa out of something that was once just a creative outlet for me. And now it's both. So I'm very lucky. And you, in in this, in this experience, in this journey that you've, you've been using, you know, your social media presence for primarily for what you described as, you know, what you had been going through, the postpartum depression, and were there other mental health causes or the other big topics or big issues that you brought up consistently? Or was it, you know, by the month, whatever was happening that that time? So, I mean, I share my day-to-day life. So it is, um, you know, what we're going through daily. And then there are, you know, seasons in everybody's life that they go through that are harder than others. Um, Just this last year, you know, my son was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And so now I've become a platform for mothers whose kids are just diagnosed with type one diabetes. And then he was diagnosed with celiac. So now I'm a support for that. And it's just I think by showing the ups and downs of what we go through, um, the causes just sort of come out. It's whatever's going on. Um, I mean, I definitely advocate for mental health in general, 
Um, you know, I've been seeing a therapist since I was nine. So, (laughs) um, my mother passed away when I was nine. So I've been seeing a therapist in different forms for a very long time. And I'm definitely a big proponent of that. Um, but it's sort of just what comes up, you know, if there are things going on in like current events, I also bring those things in as well. So. Wow. It's so, it's, it's really incredible for me to hear because, you know, sometimes we, we see things, we hear things, we don't really know exactly, you know, the story behind it, which is why it's so nice even for me to get to hear a little bit of like, you know, what is the thought process behind what's going on? And especially, you know, using it as a platform for such good is, is incredible. Um, I'm, I'm curious if, and you'll, you'll obviously tell us, you know, any questions, obviously, if you want to decline, feel free, but, uh, while we have you, we're going to take advantage. I'm an open book. Go ahead. (laughs) So, you know, I would, I guess I would wonder how do you balance, um, you know, using this as a platform of support and encouragement for yourself and others. Um, and I would imagine that it would also at the same time present a form of a challenge or struggle to, I guess, not get carried away with it or to not use it as a spewing opportunity. Um, so how do you, how do you kind of manage that? That's a great question. Um, you don't hold back, so I'm glad. Um, it's hard, you know, I think you really have to, um, and obviously my platform has changed over time. You know, I've changed, I've grown, um, and I'm pretty happy with where it is now, but it hasn't always been in this, like, this place. You know, it's evolved, um, like most businesses do, because um, essentially, you know, while it's a creative outlet for me and while it's free content and help for other people, you know, it is a business at the end of the day, Um it's difficult sometimes. Um, I think you need to know, you really need to be strong in your own personal values. Um, obviously if you have a partner, um, you know, a husband or a wife or whoever, um, I think you have to speak openly with them to make sure that they're comfortable with the things that you're putting online. You know, when, when Ozzy, my son was diagnosed with diabetes, we didn't post, what he was diagnosed with for about three weeks. Cause we were going back and forth, you know, how do we share? What do we share? When do we share? Um, and then, you know, things happen all the time. Um, whether it's between me and another person that's following me or me and someone in the community or me and another business um, that, for sure, I would love to vent about online, um, but it's about stopping, pausing, taking that step back. And the question I always ask myself is, how is this going to affect my family? How is this going to affect, you know, my kids and their school? And my kids are so young, but I always ask myself, even like, how is this going to affect Shidochim? Um, you know, later on in their lives. And by choosing to share, I'll just say this for regarding me talking about mental health. And I know that it's like such a stigma still in certain communities, but I realized that I'm helping so many people. Um, and if somebody doesn't, this is what I tell everyone. If somebody doesn't want to marry my child because their mother takes care of herself and like 
advocates for other people to take care of herself, then I don't really want them in my family anyway. Um, so that's sort of, that's sort of where I'm holding as far as that, but it's, it is taking the pause and it's not always easy. Um, but I try and do, I think I do a pretty good job of it. Um, there are certain things that just need to remain private in your family, but, um, it's important to share in my position, I feel that it's important to share the good and the bad to certain extents because that's what people are not getting from other bloggers. They're only getting the good stuff. Um, and I don't want to just be another blogger. I want to help people. Um, so it's that vulnerability, I think. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, no, I think it's, it's again, really, it's, it's amazing to hear because social media seems like such a flippant thing, right? Yes. And like, it's just like, I just, I post, you know, and I think it's so important for, A, for, I guess, the outsiders to know that this thought process is going on and B, maybe even more importantly for our children or other people who are in the field, right, or contemplating the field or on a formal or informal scale to recognize that it doesn't mean everything has to be on here right? And everything shouldn't be on here. And there needs to be this process of exactly like you're saying, right? Consulting with my spouse and considering how this will or won't impact my children positively or negatively, right? And taking those steps before putting anything out there uh, to me is, is impressive and would seem like such a challenge to me uh, to be able to do so. So that's, that's incredible. Thanks. So you obviously have this mission it's it's incredible because as you know as Reverend Bressler mentioned you know getting the support from from your husband of of you know what this mission is and articulating being able to articulate that and the causes that you're you're focusing on and you know in your personal life and in general that you feel may be valuable for other people to find emotional support in being able to connect with you have a place to to speak about it openly and you've used you know your social media presence obviously along with many of the other causes, but in particular, more recently now as a mental health advocate. So I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe that was something that you had always, you know, mentioned in your, in your, so on your Instagram page, but is particular now that you shared your own personal experiences in the world of mental health and, you know, your own, something that you, your journey, what you went through. And now, you know, as a vehicle, as you mentioned before, to be able to you know, for other people to be able to feel comfortable opening up to you and just feeling that they're not alone. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your experience that led you to being so passionate about this cause and obviously as much as you're comfortable sharing. Sure. So again, open book. Um, I don't think that it's embarrassing to, you know, take care of yourself. Um, if I had to get, listen, I think it's different. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. I think that, I think it's important to be open and to share because it, especially from the feedback I've been getting, um, like I'll get messages of people saying, you pushed me to go into therapy or I feel so alone. My family doesn't support me. Thank you so much for validating, um, you know, that therapy's okay. Um, 
So that is why I share. Um, and my mental health journey has been going on for, I mean, everybody's mental health journey starts from, you know, when they're very young. Um, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, I had sort of been in and out of therapy for a long time. Um, I wasn't, a lot of it was forced therapy, you know, like I would go walk my therapist's dog and not really talk about anything <laughs> because I wasn't interested. But as an adult, um, I realized that it's really important to talk to someone about the things that are going on in your life and get an outsider's perspective. So I think I started caring more after I had kids. Um, I think kids bring up a lot of, you know, junk and schmutz that you have in your life. Um, at least for me, it did. Um, and I know it does for a lot of other women. I'm not a man, so I can't speak for you all, but, um, but it, it they really, as well. yeah. So like, I feel like they really bring out a lot of, um, you know, we see ourselves in them. We see the good of us in them, but like, we also see the not so good and like, it, you know, just a constant work on our meetos. Um, so I started seeing someone when Miri was little, again, she's five and a half now, um, on and off. And then last year, well, at the beginning of this year, I decided that one day a week of therapy was not really getting me where I wanted to be. Um, you know, it's great to like vent and talk to someone, but I wasn't getting what I thought I should be getting out of therapy. So I decided to do a um, intensive outpatient program called Compass. Um, they have a location in Chicago and Northbrook, and they just opened one in um, Oak Brook, I think. And it was like the best thing that I've ever done for myself. Um, so just like a little bit about what the program was, um, you go every day, basically from like 9.30 to 2.30. Eventually you only go from 9.30 to 12.30. Um, but you're in a room with other people. It's like elevated group therapy. And so many people, including myself, are so hesitant to do group therapy. Um, either like you're afraid they're going to judge you or you're going to be embarrassed or like you're pro they're going to think you're crazy or something like that. But speaking from experience now, like the element of having other people to not only not judge you, but they validate what you're feeling. You're, you really feel like you're not alone. And so, so I did that for 40 days. Um, it was incredible. I had a lot of help from my husband and my dad came in to, um, help with the kids also. And I wish I could go every day. It was just the best thing. It was genuinely the best thing I've ever done for myself. And I encourage a lot of people have actually gone because of me, which feels really good too. Um, you know, a lot of people when they go to programs like that are very, very private, which is fine because it is a little more intense than one-on-one -on -one therapy. And it sounds a little bit like you're going into a mental hospital, but once you're there, you realize that it's really not that. Um, but that was sort of that journey from like February to 
almost May was sort of what propelled my talking about mental health even farther because I was open about it the whole time. Um, and I was living it, you know, it was 9.30 to 2.30 every single day. So I think once people saw that I was doing that, um, you know, it upped my game in like the mental health advocacy world. Um, Cause you know, it was really taking a step out. It was, I was taking a chance um, doing that for myself, but it paid off um, like a hundred percent. So that's sort of where my journey has come to. Um, I spoke for Neely um, right before COVID happened. And now I'm working a little bit with Joma. I'm a moderator for um, an anxiety webinar they have coming up. So I really, really love being involved in all of these different aspects of mental health and helping people in the community and beyond. You know, I know I'm talking a lot, but social media gets a really bad rap sometimes um, from different communities and different people. And I just think it can be used for so much good when you put your mind to it. Um, and I always say like, you have to meet people where they are. And fortunately or unfortunately, everybody is on social media and a lot of people are looking for a connection. Again, fortunately or unfortunately, they're looking for it online, essentially from a stranger, but let me help them you know, like, let me still, let me meet them where they are and encourage them to go talk to somebody in person and um, be the support that they need, you know, at that time, you know, God willing, Mashiach will come and I'll have a job in some form, but we know it will be so different. Um, but in the meantime, while we're waiting, you know, let's just do the best we can to help everybody. Um, so that's sort of my mission and my story in a little bit. Wow. So I, I want, we will come back if, with your permission to the social media piece. Um, but before we do that, I just want to stay with kind of your experience and your story for a minute um, for a few. <laughs> um, and, you know, you mentioned that it, really since you had the tragic experience with your mother uh, when you were nine, you've been in and out of therapy for an extensive time. And obviously this culminating in this most recent uh, episode where you, uh, you, had, you know, went to Compass, which we are very familiar with here at Upward Community. We refer uh, many clients there and they are an incredible, incredible organization and really do incredible things. Um, you know, what would, were there any, kind of specific warning signs that you saw, like, hold on, I'm a mother, this is great, but like, I need to just stop and take care of myself right now. Like, was there anything that popped out or just kind of was something that popped into your head? No, so I was definitely struggling. Um, you know, I do have, I have anxiety. Um, and so I deal with that daily. And then I have you know, I've seen signs of, I'm not, I've never been diagnosed with depression, but I've seen, you know, signs of that coupled with anxiety a lot. Um, so again, this happened 
at the beginning of the year, right after my child had a chronic illness diagnosis. Um, essentially, I function as his pancreas 24 seven because he's so young and can't manage it himself. And it literally felt like the world was on my shoulders, but I couldn't do it. You know, I felt like I was falling. Um, I was just, I was very tired all the time. I was snapping, you know, like losing my temper a lot more than, um, a lot more than I was used to. I was just very agitated. It was just, I wasn't happy with my self or, and how our life was going. I just knew that I needed some extra support, especially through that, um, I could also tell that there were um, some things probably from my childhood that I hadn't really dealt with thoroughly. Um, Again, that's a life's process. Like I'm going to get off this, this um, podcast and I'm going to go to therapy. Um, (laughs) But um, it was a kickstart to getting a real deep dive into learning about parts of myself that I had never learned before. Like I am so emotionally aware now. Um, and I'm so grateful. I just have to remember a lot of times that other people are definitely not as emotionally aware as I am. Um, that's the hard thing about coming out of compass. (laughs) Um, but I just knew something had to change. I did not feel good. I was, I felt helpless, hopeless, overwhelmed. And we met our deductible in January with the hospital visits and it was just, it worked out. It was a really good time to be able to go. Um, But it was incredible, really. Um, That emotionally aware piece and they call it, um, common humanity is the term that they use where like everybody is going through something. You don't even talk about specifics in compass. You're not allowed. I was in the trauma program because, you know, I had had the diagnosis, my son was diagnosed and then my mother passed away. So we thought that that would be a good program for me to be in. So in the trauma program, at least you don't talk about, you know, your traumatic event in detail because it might trigger other people or be uncomfortable. But even so, like still to this day, I don't know what happened to the friends that I made in that program, but they get me like, they just get it. We have the same thoughts. Like we're all going through the same thing. Um, And having that is what was really able to help me like come out of that place and start to move toward um, being a healthier version of myself. So. It's unbelievable. Like everyone should go to compass. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I'm really a walking advertisement for them. Like (laughs) I, I, I loved it there. It was so fun. It was great. You just, I felt good every time I left. Um, yeah, emotions. <laughs> um, you, the way you described, you know, some of the help that you were getting from, you know, from your your family and from your husband in terms of, you know, taking care of your kids and other family responsibilities. What would you say? And it could be as simple as that, like just 
you know, have a system in place if you can to, you know, have those things taken care of or have your children taken care of. But what would you say to other parents who maybe are looking to get emotional support like you did and to get the help, but feel conflicted because of, you know, their family responsibilities? Yeah. So that's a hard one because one of the reasons why I moved to make um, my current job my full-time job was so that I would be able to be flexible with my kids and everything. So I already sort of had like that job piece in place. I have a friend who's in Compass right now um, and she took um, medical leave from her job. So it's hard to decide um, if you can do that. I can't say enough that it is the right decision. If you feel like, if you feel like, one hour a week therapy is not getting you to where you need to be, or you've been going over the same thing with your therapist for, you know, months or years, and you still feel those feelings of hopeless, helpless, so overwhelmed, like it can't hurt to look into it. I mean, you won't regret it, but you definitely have to, I couldn't have done it without the support that I had. Um, I would say the, the most stressful piece is, you know, managing the kids. Um, I mean, not everybody needs to like be in touch with the teacher every day about like blood sugars. Um, that was a stressful piece for me because we were early on in diagnosis also. Um, but, you know, setting up a plan and just mentally saying, I'm putting my family and my work and my life on a shelf and I'm going into this, you know, open and willing, and I'm just going to be here. Like it's a mindset. You can't, you don't get as much out of it when you're thinking about all the other things going on. So the more you can have um, systems in play, you know, I even told my kids, you know, mommy's going to class. They know that like I went to class for a really long time to learn and, and work on myself. Um, we talk about emotions a lot in class. Um, but even having them know that mommy's focusing on something right now, um, I think that that was helpful. So it is essentially what you said, you know, just having those systems in place, but, um, it's well worth it in the end, even if, you know, the first few days are a little stressful. Um, once you're able to really get in it and commit, um, it's just so worth it. So worth it. You, 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 you answer my next question, which was about, you know, communicating with the children. I love the fact that, you know, you didn't just disappear. You know, obviously they were in school or being taken care of on the practical level, but not, you're still their mother, you know, and you can have systems, but you're still the mother. But the fact that you communicated and were open with them, uh, obviously, to what they can understand at their, at their age, um, that also, I'm sure, made it a little bit easier than if they were much older, I'm sure, would create other challenges in terms of what do you tell, what do you not tell, and that obviously parents would have to uh, figure out what's appropriate for their kids. Uh, but even just the communication at, th at this age level is uh, is amazing. And the modeling that, yeah, I'm taking care of myself, right? And I would even, uh, if I may even rephrase something, which I think you said, which was that, you know, you're putting your your job and your your family and 
all of the responsibilities you have on a shelf. Um, but, you know, I would argue, and I'm sure it's not argue, I'm sure you would agree that this is, right, to keep in mind that, yeah, for maybe two weeks or a few months or however long it is, this short, relatively short period of time, I may be putting them second to myself. But by doing that, I'm going to be a much better mother for the rest of my life for them. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I say that all the time. Um, it's a given. You know, I did it for myself, but I did it for my family, too. Um I want to be the best version of myself that I can be for myself. I want to feel good, but I want to be the best wife I can be. I want to be the best, you know, mother I can be. Um, And that's exactly it. And I'm very open with my kids about emotions and, you know, feeling feelings. Um, I didn't do that for a very long time. And I would like to avoid certain things. (laughs) happening to my children um I just if if I can push you on that for a minute I'm sorry for interrupting oh it's fine are there any because I think that's such a valuable skill for our listeners also uh and for myself (laughs) is you know to can you give us any examples of like what you mean in the communication about the emotions with your kids so we read lots of books um like any books that I that are recommended to me about like feelings and emotions I read them Um, to my kids and we sort of talk about it and if any of like the emotions like anger or sadness or jealousy come up in the books I try and relate them to things that are happening in our lives and um, there was a concept that I learned at Compass called name it to tame it Um, so essentially all that is is labeling an emotion and a lot of times just by naming it it will make you feel better Um, just by getting it out in the open, like how it feels. So it's hard with kids when they're so young, but, you know, sometimes it's very obvious that they're frustrated or they're jealous. Um, Jealousy has come up a lot recently in our house. Um, And, you know, I name it um, and it doesn't always calm them down, but now they name it themselves. Like they'll say, I'm so jealous. Um, and I'm, and I say, you know, I can tell you're so jealous. Let's talk about it. Um, you know, in the heat of the moment, you can't always, you know, the peak of the wave of emotion, you can't always, especially with a four and five-year-old, you can't, you know, talk it out like an adult, but just talking about how we feel all the time, you know, even in situations when nothing's going wrong, you know, how was your day at school? Um, Carpool time is very valuable to me because my kids spill it in the car. Um, And just talking about the different interactions they had with their friends that day, or if somebody did something that felt like they were being mean to them, you know, I I try and, um, you know, I can't think of the word, you know, really dig into the situation and we just, we talk about things. Um, It's just, it's not as comfortable and normal for, everybody doesn't feel as comfortable and normal talking about emotions as I do. Like, I'm very aware of that. Um, But I think the more that you can just 
name your children's emotions and make that a normal topic of conversation, you know, how you're feeling. We even have a magnet on our fridge that has like tons of different emotions and like faces. And there's a, we have like a frame and so you can move it to the different emotions. Um, You just have to find what works for your family. And I would say that, you know, I've got younger kids, so they sort of go with whatever I say, but if you're starting to, if you want to start to do this with older kids, I would just say, make it casual. Um, don't, you know, act like they're going into a therapy session, but, you know, just casually start, you know, throwing it in there, asking them how their day was, how their relationships are going with their friends. Um, and I think eventually it becomes a normal topic of conversation. And hopefully when there are those feelings, your kids will feel comfortable coming to you and talking to you. You know, that's my end goal with my kids. I want them to know that they can We can always talk about our feelings, whether they're good feelings or, you know, quote unquote, bad feelings. There aren't bad feelings. But anyways, um, that's sort of that's what I think. I'm already starting to start to think about how I can use some of those tips with my own own kids. So that's just (laughs) awesome. Um, I love that. So the okay, so obviously you know, you alluded to some of the, you know, impactful changes that, you know, some of the ways that you were impacted through this experience at Compass, you know, you were more, more explicit in terms of what you did with your kids. If you could shoot, if you could just share what you think have been the most impactful, or maybe even just one example of what, like the most impactful change that you've been able to implement, you know, since having had this experience, gone through this experience, Again, if you're comfortable sharing, we would love to uh, to hear what that is to share with our with our listeners. So there's a concept called this is a very easy answer for me. There's a concept called ride the wave. Um, and, you know, there's a wave of emotion where, you know, it starts out, you know, normal and then it goes up. It's like a bell curve. And th- there's the peak of the wave, the peak of the emotion. And then, you know, eventually you come down and we learned that, you know, the wave of emotion, like from the from peak to peak, it can last, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 30 minutes, just that peak of intense feelings. Um, and we learned how to ride the wave, um, not jump off the wave because you want to, it's important to let the emotion ride through itself. But um, for myself, being able to, you know, take a breath. Well, they also taught us like, you know, different grounding techniques that help you get through the wave, like deep breathing or, um, you know, going, even going through the alphabet and like naming fruits that start with every letter of the alphabet, just to like healthy distract your mind from that intense emotion. Um, knowing that you'll come down from it, um, instead of making like impulse decisions and doing things that you aren't proud of, um, like screaming at your entire family, (laughs) Um, you know, having the techniques to know what I need to do when I'm sort of reaching that peak of my emotion, whether it's, you know, taking a little bit of a break or, um, even just saying to my husband, like, 
I am feeling so overwhelmed right now. I'm going to need to step away. Like he gets it now. Um, just the emotionally aware piece and the techniques to be able to get you through like hard times where you before would have made bad decisions, whether that's, you know, and I'm not saying I don't, these are just examples, um, whether it's, you know, um, drinking or, or drugs or impulse shopping or, cursing, um, or doing other things that you're not going to be proud of later. Um, it was replacing those things with other techniques that can help me manage my emotions instead. So those are definitely, that was definitely the number one thing I took out of it. The second being the, um, the group therapy aspect of it, which I never expected to love. I thought I would be so uncomfortable, Um, but I would go to group therapy every single day. I loved it. (laughs) It was great. Um, it was great. So that is so awesome. And I feel like you just gave our listeners so many practical takeaways and practical things that everyone can really, you know, a lot of those things you mentioned as a clinician are things that I use all the time with my clients. Hopefully I, I try to institute some of them myself also. Um, but, uh, but they're all, you know, the, all those skills that you just mentioned are really so valuable for, for people, even if they don't feel the need or have the time in their mind or whatever, they don't go either to individual therapy, group therapy, intensive therapy, but just having those skills uh, are extremely valuable. I just want to do before we keep going, because I do, I, I would want to shift back uh, to the social media piece. I just want to do a quick time check. Are we, uh, are we okay for another little, little bit? I'm okay. You okay? Yeah. Nicole, Yakko, you're good? Perfect. Okay, good. Thank you. I just wanted to, uh, last thing I want to do is keep rambling when everyone's trying to get to another meeting. Um, so then, so then if, let's shift back, uh, to the social media piece, um, we spoke a lot about your mission and your purpose on social media. Um, and, you know, as someone who is very involved in social media and as someone who has an ongoing struggle with mental health pieces, um, do you find that those ever conflict and that, you know, looking over your shoulder or the th- other things that may be out there on social media, do you find that those ever present a challenge to either yours or others mental health you know with the involvement um that's a good question so I definitely over time have started to unfollow a lot of people um you know Instagram is my business now so if I spent all day looking at other people's stuff and doing my stuff, I would just, I would never be off of social media, but I've learned over time, you know, through experiencing things, what bothers me and what doesn't. And while some people see something that bothers them and feel that they need to comment on it and, you know, make a big deal out of it, I just unfollow the person. Um, you know, it's there, um, your Instagram page and your profile is your real estate. And if I don't want to see it, 
then I just make it so that I don't have to see it. Um, I think the problem we get into is when people start to create this conflict um, and think that because someone's putting something out that you have, that they have the right to critique and comment and argue with it. Um, And while that's good sometimes in a respectful and appropriate way to have dialogue. Um, I avoid that. I avoid this conflict at all costs. You know, if somebody doesn't like what I have to say and they send me a nasty message, I block them. Like, you don't need to be here. This is my prop. Well, I mean, I technically don't own it, obviously, um, because I didn't create that blackout that happened the other day. (laughs) But, um, you know, it is my property. It is my space. And so you just don't have to be here. You know, I follow way less people than I used to. Um, I follow mostly nice Mormon farmers from Utah. Um, (laughs) I love watching their chickens and them milking cows Uh, (laughs) and um, pig births. I love pig births. Um, Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, But I mean, I'm from Kentucky. Give me a little bit of a break here. But, uh, (laughs) um, you know, it's following things and people that you know are good for you, not going to make you more upset. Um, Like something that really bothers me as an influencer is when other influencers don't disclose that they're getting paid to be posting something. Um, It's illegal um, and it's dishonorable and um, it drives me insane. So I unfollow people who don't do that because every time I would see it, I would just get upset. I'm like, why do I need to harbor these bad feelings when I could just be blissfully ignorant um, and, and not know that it's happening and I could go watch my cows instead, you know? Um so- <laughs> Um, so that's sort of, that's sort of how I handle everything. So, so that's awesome. And I know Yaku wants to jump in about something else you just said, which is what, but I wanted to, uh, you know, something that's just going through my mind as you're saying all this, putting together what we spoke about before, about how emotionally aware you've become. Um, I'm hearing a lot of that through this as well. You know, we spoke at the beginning about how anything you post takes a sense of, filter you know filtering it out and contemplating it how anything you see right you have this ability to unfollow or to disregard those that you don't agree with or it's not good for you um regrettably i'm not sure that everyone is as aware oh for sure not (laughs) so i guess that to me is, is a question so so with that someone who's embarking on some on, on a journey like this, let's say, uh, would you, would you, I guess, rec- obviously you'd recommend therapy because you recommend therapy for anyone, but, <laughs> but uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here. Like, so it, it almost sounds like as a prerequisite to be able to engage in these things, you have to have that ability and that filter. Would you agree with that? I think that's the healthy approach. Right. Um, <laughs> No, I don't think 
there there are very few people who actually do that um, and are successful at it. And that's the danger of social media. Um, You know, again, that's why I try and be like this place on the internet where people who might be struggling can at least have me, Um, you know, (laughs) Um, I'm not, I don't want to just be another, you know, fluffy blogger that makes people feel bad about themselves. Um, But yeah, you have to, you have to know what you can handle. Um, And you should think, you should be thinking about how your posts affect other people. Not saying that, you know, say I were, you're allowed to have an opinion. An opinion is different. You know, I would say when I'm thinking about, you know, how is my post going to affect other people? On the flip side, I think they should know what, they can handle and what they can look at. So I'm allowed to have my opinion, but it goes a little bit beyond an opinion. You know, you don't want to say something that's going to affect your family negatively, or tomorrow you're going to think maybe I shouldn't have posted that, or I wouldn't say this to this person's face. That's a really great one to hold by. Um, You know, if you wouldn't say it to their face, then don't say it at all. Um, Or if your tone is getting a little more um, aggressive or passive aggressive than it would in person, don't say it. Um, Or if you're commenting on somebody's post in a passive aggressive or aggressive way, hold on and calm down and then either decide, is it worth it to like, argue with this person or can I just keep my opinions to myself and scroll on? Um, If everybody could just do that, Mashiach would come much sooner. Um, That is that that social social media or not, right? In person as well, having that. For sure. (laughs) For sure. That's what I'm saying. Um, So that's my advice. That's the healthy approach to social media. Um, Let's put it on a billboard. I think it's important. Love it. So, Love it. and it's and it's also you know it's important that you you had mentioned before for better or worse people are craving that connection on social media. So there, it's not like the answer is not like oh therefore leave social media therefore don't be on there. It's like the answer is no. People it it, it has so much good. There's so much opportunity for connection between the entire world that never existed before along with all the challenges that have come along with it, but if done in a healthy way, there could be something so positive and there could be, you know, many, many opportunities. And so, yeah, just like just incredible, you know, very helpful tips. You know, you mentioned the, the blackout as people are calling it now, that happened <laughs> now two days ago, as of this recording, uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, we're all down. So the response, I mean, the response has been, you know, obviously many different responses, but the overwhelming response that I've experienced and that I've seen is that people are commenting on the fact that people didn't know what to do. People were, you know, we're just, we're completely freaked out. We're, you know, we're, oh my gosh, I kept like uh, reloading and reloading like over and over again to see what's going on. Why is it not working? And so many people are saying, 
wow, look how addicted we all are. Look how much we're relying on these on these platforms. So I was wondering what your takeaway was. What was your takeaway from how the world responded? Maybe it was different from what I'm describing to this, you know, lapse in social media that took place. So let's be fair. It was the first day back after basically me taking a month of no paid time off of work. (laughs) Um, And Instagram is my business and I couldn't do it. Um, (laughs) you know, I have a lot of things that I do for work that are behind the scenes and not on Instagram, but it was a little frustrating. Um, but I just find it funny that it takes something like that for people to realize that they're addicted to social media. Um, I'm addicted to social media. Um, I can say that I, I use it for good for sure. And I do good things on it, but am I on it all the time? Yes. Do I think about it a lot? Also? Yes. Um, you know, the lines are blurred because it's my job also. Um, but everybody's on social media way too much. Um, which is why it's important for everybody to sort of switch what they're thinking and switch how they're posting so that it could be a healthier environment when people are there. Um, but I actually, a lot, I had posted that morning and a lot of people told me that my face and my children's faces were on their frozen screen. So they were looking at me all day and I was like, and here I'm so worried that y'all were going to forget about me. (laughs) And really they were looking at me all day. So I like to joke that I won the blackout um, because really a ton of people (laughs) messaged me and they were like, I was looking at you all day. And I'm like, thank you. Um, so I won that blackout, but you know, it's happened before too. It just happened to be that that one was a little bit longer than they usually are. Um, but at the same time, you can, you know, all Orthodox Jews, I think most Orthodox Jews take a break from social media, you know, on Shabbos. Um, and I think it's really healthy to know that, you can do that. And there is life beyond social media. And I know I shouldn't be saying that because it's my job to have people look at me on social media, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's important to know that you don't need it. Um, and that you can, you can get a lot of work done in a short amount of time when you don't have these other distractions. Um, so that's sort of my take on it. Fascinating. So interesting. I mean, I was on social media like six days in September because it was just (laughs) so like we can do it. I, I, you know, you make up for it in other ways. Um, It's a fun place, but you make, you can, we'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, As evidenced by us being here. Um, so right. we do, we do want to start to wrap up for, for everyone's sake. And this actually is, is longer. It's just so interesting than our, than our typical podcast. Um, but that being said, we do have like two more questions. <laughs> um, so, you know, one thing that Yakum and I speaking beforehand wanted to make sure to get to is 
this um, public personality right, that, that you are um, and out there on social media. And in particular, when it comes, obviously your kids right now are pretty young, but I would have to believe that you guys have thought about as they get older, how this may, how, how their role may change and how they may begin to understand more. Um, and, you know, I guess in general, how would you, what are your thoughts to how, how you plan to navigate some of those challenges that may arise? And specifically, if I could focus on, on one thing, um, that is that you know, I have sometimes clients that come into my office and they're, you know, as children, young, younger, younger children, and they'll be struggling with anxiety, depression, self-esteem. And a lot of what's at the core of that is that they're looking around at other people. They see what other people have. Um, you know, they're not getting the value from within, but really from outsiders. And I think if I, if my understanding is correct, so much of, I guess, being a su- successful influencer is really, you know, how many people like me? How many people follow me? How many people listen to what I am saying? Um, and clearly you have established your own value from within, but how do you uh, think you would kind of offset, offset that and really uh, avoid any pitfalls of the value of it appearing that the value is coming from outside, um, but being able to really focus from within? Uh, and you can answer there's one question, two questions, but I kind of wanted to put that all out there and let you take it. Sure. So I think that's a really hard question. Um, a good one, but a hard one. Um, it definitely starts, I think it starts when they're younger, you know, building up their um, self, you know, value and how they feel about themselves, you know, working on their core. Um, I'm in uh, a parenting Kabura and um, our teacher talks a lot about, you know, building up their core, you know, from within, not from outside. So, you know, it's about um, not overly praising them. This is literally, we just learned this. Like I feel, um, and I believe it too. It's not about, you know, overly praising them all the time. Like you're the best cleaner upper in the entire world. You know, it's acknowledging that. Thank you for helping me clean up the basement. That was really helpful to mommy. Um, but the more we like, I feel like it's, I don't know if it's just because of today's culture or if it's innate inside of us to like overly praise our children. Um, But I think it makes them expect it. Um, And I think it's the same thing on social media. You know, we are looking to see, you know, what shirt she has or what vacation they're going on. But starting from a young age and saying like, you know, let's focus on us. This is what we do in our family. Um, That's a line we use a lot in our house. In our family, we do this. Or, you know, even my five-year-old daughter, she's like, nobody told me they liked my shirt today. And I'm like, who cares? I literally said to her, I'm like, Mary, do you like your shirt? And she said, yes. And I said, that is 
all that matters. And I think just continuing to say things like that and building their core from when they're younger will protect them from some of the things that are going on on social media that might make them feel less about themselves. Also, like personally, I don't ever want my children to have social media. So it's like, it's a little bit of cognitive dissonance. Like I do it for my work and I help people, but you're not allowed to have it because we wouldn't be doing the same thing on it. Um, that's something that we'll definitely have to navigate as a family and with a rav, you know, as they get older. Um, and perhaps that's taking them off social media and not having them be, you know, one of the spotlights of my account, which would be okay because I've built this platform where it's not just about cute kids anymore. Um, it started that way and they're still very cute, but um, we can thrive when they're not here. You know, they're not here for most of my day now. Thank God. Um, <laughs> God bless school. Um, but we can manage without them and we might have to one day. Um, I also think telling your kids that social media can be dangerous is not a bad thing, but I'm also like very blunt with my children. Like they are scared out of their minds to go in the street because I told them bad things will happen to them. Like you have to know your kid, but like, that's how I think scaring your kids about a few things is okay. And that might be controversial or or not, but, um, I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) So the, so I know, obviously I know that we have to wrap up, but I definitely wanted to ask this one last question before we do and that is you've shared a lot of very powerful insights and messages, you know, from what you've gained, what you've experienced, and then just your ideas that you wanted to, to share with our listeners. And so I want to really just ask you for one last message, one message that you use the language, you know, put it on a billboard. If you could put it on a billboard for all to see in the world, what would that be? What would that say? That's very hard. Um, you guys are asking me very hard questions um we asked you if anything was off limits nothing is off limits i just didn't know my brain would have to work so hard i'm just (laughs) i'm just kidding um kind of so i think um i want to say focus on yourself but i don't mean it in a selfish way i mean you know stay in your lane you know, have your friends, but take outside influences with a grain of salt and work on becoming more aware of yourself. I think if everybody can just do that and start to feel their emotions a little bit more, even though it's scary and hard sometimes, I think the world would be a much healthier place. Um, it's so, I just have to say, it's that's amazing. And it's so fascinating for me to hear you know here's someone who is an influencer your whole business is about influencing people but you're coming to tell people listen this is my business I have things to say but really it's about you and really you know take care of yourself and, and become the best you that you can be which uh which I think to me just jumped out as, as fascinating to hear it seems like I'm telling people to uh help me quit my job but uh <laughs> But I'm not, you know, I want to help you find 
comfortable sweaters at affordable prices. Like I want to help you, but if somebody is making you feel bad about something or you don't like what they're saying, just it's okay. It's okay. You know, like. Very powerful. Incredible. <laughs> That's a mic drop. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for being so open and willing to share, you know, your, Thank you all your, so your much. approach to all this really, really insightful. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on with us. Thanks, guys. Good work. Do well. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Health Matters. To learn more about Upward Community, visit us at upwardcommunitychicago.org. Please join us next time as we discuss another mental health matter.